There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another show. Listen, this is a Charles Matthews Show special. If you've been wondering what's been going on on Thursdays, I've been doing a podcast show called My Brothers. What I've been doing is bringing in a 100 black men to talk to them one-on-one just about them. Get to know them a little bit more. You know the saying they always say, don't judge a book by its cover? This is why I'm doing that. I want you to get to know them. Now, my special guest for today He's been on before, you've seen him before, but we've never really got to know him. We know what he does. He does great work, but let's get to know him. So, Oliver, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here, brother. Great to have you, my friend. Great to have you. So, what's thank you. So, what has been going on? What's new? What's been happening? Everything is new. Everything is going on. Everything is happening. You got to be more specific. (laughs) Um, Specific, specific. Uh, it's interesting you asked that question because, um, you know, during COVID, nothing was going on. Now we're at, um, I think, stage three, and things are just hoping back up. And um, it's a little bit more busier, but, you know, still, you know, keeping safe because that's the most important thing. But, um, yeah, it's just been a little bit more busier. Okay, okay. So at the end of the day, we wanted to get to know you a little bit more. So we're going to start off right off the bat. You put down, you know, I had I asked questions about everybody, the superheroes and everything. You put down the Hulk. Tell me why you put down the Hulk. The Hulk. Oh, man. <laughs> I always loved the Hulk as a kid growing up because I resonate with the Hulk. And if you know the Hulk uh, story, um, before you get to the Hulk stage, it's very calm, relaxed. And he's always trying to help out each other. And that that Hulkness or that superhero-ness doesn't come out until it has to, right? Almost like a, a defense mechanism kind of thing. And and I kind of relate to that. I always love the Hulk, the Hulk and I always relate to the Hulk where uh, there's a deep underlining issue. Not issue, but deep underlining. Um, everyone has their strengths. But when you go through tough times, that's when you realize your strength. When you go through challenging times and you kind of push through, that's mm-hmm. when you realize your strength. So I always relate to the Hulk. Oh, I see. Because it's, is it like, you know, sometimes you get, you know, struggles here and there. You don't turn green, but you know you're facing deep struggles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So if we if we see you turning green, it's time to get out of dodge. Is that what you're telling us, basically? Yes, exactly. Basically, you got it. You got it. So tell us your background. Where'd you? where you? Were you born here in Canada? No, um, as a kid, I came to Canada when I was sixteen. And culture shock. I came to Canada. You know. You know. It's one of those things. <laughs> I have a lot of stories, man. I um, came to Canada when I was 16. I came by myself, 
came here to my dad, and it was a completely culture shock. Reason being because I grew up on a farm. Okay. On a farm in Jamaica where I'm talking about farm, farm where all we see is probably one bus per day maybe, uh, twice a day, going in the morning and come back in the evening. And that's about it. Really, one or two cars, but most likely a lot of carts and um, just... Um, you know, what they call those bulldozers on a farm and people always just doing farming and, you know, just walking four or five miles with sugarcane, bananas, mango, bring them back to the yard, make sure um, my mom has enough to, to go to market. She'll go to market in Kingston area. And every week, a, you know, a big truck or a bus will pick her up um, based on all the, the, the things that we, we farm. So I grew up on a huge farm where we supply um, pretty much everything to whether it's restaurant, any kind of meat, except maybe sheep and donkeys. Mm-hmm. But any kind of meat we 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 all do by ourselves with our hands and supply the restaurants and then when it comes to produce and um you know dif- different um we call it provisions, then we we'll we read those as well and my mom will bring those to market. So Huge uh, different culture. So coming to Canada from that, ooh, I was lost. <laughs> what do you mean you were lost? You didn't know what to do with yourself? It was uh, the um, weather. What do you mean? It's lost in every sense where it's big city. Um, because, you know, living on a farm, I'll go to Kingston once a while, like probably once a year. But, you know, no real experience. But come to Canada, it's a whole different ballgame. People are different. People, I thought people were weird because I'll say hi to everybody. They'll look at me like, who are you? Because, you know, from the farm, <laughs> you say hi to everybody, right? And I'm going to tell you this interesting story. I used to, I don't live too far from, when I come to Canada, I don't live too far from the school, right? I walk about 15, 20 minutes. And <laughs> there's no street signs on the farm. So I'll mark where I'm going based on a tree. Or, or based on a house, a certain color house, or make a, make a right, make a left to go to school. One day, um, I think I was at school, it was snowing. Coming from school, I was totally lost because now um, all the houses look the same. Yes. All the trees now have snow on it because I don't remember what trees is it. Um, I'm not looking on the signs of the roads because I'm not used to that. <laughs> so I usually get lost on the way back home when it snows. <laughs> so, because you're mar- you're looking for your, your 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 normal way of marking stuff, correct? Exactly. <laughs> you got it. So, <laughs> so once you came to Canada, what did you dive into? Like, what was your what was the one thing that you noticed that's not like the farm, and you go, "Oh, I got to do that. That's interesting. I've never seen that before. I'm really interested in that." Um. Oh man, like what? Like be specific. Like, you like, know, when people first come from another country, they see something different. Like they see, um, you know, the fire truck that, you know, always going out on the road. I, I talked to one gentleman. And he said every time he heard that siren, he just wanted to jump on the truck. It was new for him oh, seeing the tr- going oh, out 24 okay, got seven. It, got it, got it. Yeah. For me, it was the snow. It was the snow by far. Um, I came to Canada the 9th of April, 1990. Yeah. Um, the 10th, the 10th. April, snow was falling and everyone was going crazy. I, I, I was confused because I thought snow falls every single day in Canada. Right? Oh, okay. And, and this big snowfall, and I was literally, Charles, 
I was outside at least a good hour just playing in the snow, making the so-called snowman and snow angels and, you know, building. I, I was just building, you know, packs of snow. And I literally carved out a tunnel in the snow because I packed it so high. Yes. And I started chipping out the tunnel because I thought it was cool. And, you know, for me, it wasn't cool at all. <laughs> right, but I just thought it was cool. It was fun. So, what made you dive into the field that you're in? So, back home, you're doing farming, and then when you're coming to Canada now, what was your first job? My first job is Red Lobster, working <laughs> as a dishwasher at Red Lobster on Airport Road. Okay. <laughs> yes, I know. I remember that specifically, and um, yeah, it was that was fun because I never. You know, on a farm, right? You don't really have a real job, really. You know, like, you just farm. Yes, you just do uh, your normal. This was a job where you go in, you go in, you punch in. I felt important because I'm, oh, I'm punching in. I'm, I'm growing up now. I'm a big man. I'm punching in. And, you know, I get paid per hour. Uh, what was it? Five? I think it was four something per hour. I'll, oh, I, I should have always remember. Four sixty-five per hour. <laughs> right? And that was big money. <laughs> That was big money. That was big money. <laughs> right? Yeah, so Red Lobster was a dishwasher. So everything you've learned growing up, you know, you know, you've learned different things. What's the one thing that you could say in your experience that you will always take with you that you've learned to carry with you? Hard work. Dedication persistent. Um, I, I would love for most youth to experience farming at least one year. And that will mold them into, you know, Charles, even up till now, there's nothing in Canada, no job you can give me, it's hard. Okay. That's my mindset. That's my mindset. Because if you grew up on a farm, even in one year on a certain farm, you'll understand, um, you know, hard work, but resilient, persistent. And, and you know, you know, and, and, you know, that's all I learned just being resilient, persistent, and just putting the work, and you'll see the benefit. Just go out there and do it. Oh, yeah. Don't even ask questions. Just do it. And then you make mistakes along the way, and you learn from your mistakes. And going on a farm, there's no way around it, man. There's no, Actually, there's one particular era, uh, probably a few months on the farm, where me and my brother and I, we looked at each other, and we're like, oh, my gosh, we want to run away. But there's nowhere to go because every day you got to wake up 5.30 in the morning. You're going to bring out the goats to the field. Uh, you got to sweep the yard and a few things around the house. Uh, come in a bay and then you walk to school. That's every day. Mm. When you come home, then you have to do the actual reverse. You have to bring the goats in. And uh, maybe there's, uh, I was a little bit older, so I had to feed the pigs. And I have to sweep the yard again, lots of leaves and, you know, different stuff and, you know, and then do homework, right? So all of these things before homework, you got to get homework done and then, you know, all that stuff. So um, after a while, it gets, when there's market time, uh, every two weeks there's market time. Market time means you have to go uh, two, three miles and cut whatever sugar cane, banana, grapefruit or mango, whatever it is. Uh, We have to make trips back and forth to the yard to make sure we have enough for my mom to go to market. And after a while, it takes a toll on you, man, especially when you're sick. There's no sickness happening. There's no sick days. You have to do the work. So, 
You can there's, it, no sick days. there's no sick days. You can couldn't, couldn't call in sick on that one day, right? Say, hey, I'm taking a sick day. No, you can't. No, you can't. You have to do something. Well, if you're really, really sick, you still have to do something. So um, it was really, really, really tough. So me and my brother were looking at each other. We, we want to like we want to go somewhere else, but there was nowhere to go. So, so let me ask you this: We're, we're, go, we're going. Uh, we, you know, as we're the older group, and we always say that kids now are too soft. We always say, man, yeah. if, if the kids know what we went through and, the, and the, the stuff we did and stuff we do, we always say the kids are soft. Do you think they're really soft or we had it too hard? Um, wow, that's a tough question. That's a really tough question because they really, it's, it's, I think it's both because they, they're too soft. And I wouldn't say we have it too hard. It's, it's the environment, right? Um, the way we r- were raised, that's just the error. That's just the way it is. Uh, now, I believe the kids are too soft. Mm. I really actually believe us. We didn't have it too hard, right? Because you have to remember, we didn't have so many things at our disposal, at our fingertips, and you know, access to everything at right. our fingertips like that. So everything was manual, right? I, I, I grew up just on the brinks of... Um, Horse and buggy was coming out. There's a few guys, a few farmers really had the old school buggy and horses, right? That was just fading out when I was growing up, growing up on the farm. So uh, everything was just manual, and you learn these things mold you and and and, in, and you know build correct certain characteristics in you. How we had it, so I wouldn't say too hard. We had it just right. Now kids have it too easy or too soft, very too easy and way too soft nowadays. So what would what would you do back in your days when you had all this technology? They think about it, tablets, cell phones, everything. You know, how would you see your life being different? Oh man, completely to be honest with you, I wouldn't be the kind of person I am right now. Because then um I would want to be more on my phone or my gadget or playing different things other than, other than um the biggest thing, Charles, is creativity. When I used to I'm not sure <laughs> You know these scooters here, the yeah. two wheel scooters. Yeah, yeah. I used to make I used to make those things from scratch with boards and um, bearings. There's bearings, mm-hmm. and you have to wrap the actual bearings with with um, you know old tires, right? Yeah. And use creativity. Everything I used to make. I, I was talking to a group of kids last week, and about I'm a, I used to have guinea pigs as pets and pigeons as pets. We used to make those just. Um, Coops, right? Those those living spaces mm-hmm. for, for your pets, right? And those creativities, right? Now, if I had technology back then, where's my creativity? Nothing. Where's my hard work and persistence and resilience? I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have all those. So and I, then I would be listening. Then then I would be listening to my parents. I would be doing the things that I'll be doing because playing games is more important than. Going on the farm and reaping stuff. <laughs> so I guess I guess if we if we gave uh, the youth now um, a milk carton, four bottle caps, and two straws, they would know what to do with it. I have no clue. <laughs> no clue. I, speaking of speaking of that, I used to. Uh, there's certain um, goats that obviously have milks, right? Yeah. And we would have to go early in the morning, milk the goat or the cow. Right, my I would have to have an older person come with me because I was too um, young and, and not so strong for the car, right? Uh, but the goats was easier. We used to milk the goats in our in our buckets, come home, um, you know, you know, 
scald it. Scald it means, you know, put on the fire for, you know, one or two minutes. Right. To make sure the bacteria, make sure the bacteria kind of off the top. And that's you. That's your breakfast for the day with some fried dumpling or whatever it is. <laughs> that's your breakfast for the day. <laughs> so you know, we're talking about the stuff that you learned, the stuff that you grew up, and stuff all the things that made you to the person you are today. Now, what you're seeing in our society with all the Black Lives Matters and all these things, how do you feel now as a, as a black man? Ooh. Um, I feel that, um, it's, to be honest with you, it's about time, um, because we've gone through so much, not necessarily all of us grew up on a farm, but we've gone through so many different trials and tribulations, and we've seen so many things happening, and me, for sure, I've, I've gone through many things back home and here, especially here, when it comes to social injustice and, and, you know, who's matter, who doesn't matter. And now when I look back at it, I said, it's time. It's about time. It's about time things start changing because, you know, I just described to you all these different transitions and different eras that we've gone through. And, you know, people are listening, younger audience or maybe older audience who never experienced that. They're like, wow, did that really exist? Yes. And now we reach a point where um, we should be more, a little bit more civilized, a little bit more, um, you know, advanced, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about intellectual. I'm talking about just socially. We should be more advanced. And once we reach that social level where we advance, you know, we all can move mountains together or whatever, achieve our goals and, and just live in unity. So my point is it's time. It's time, it's time. So let me ask you a question. Uh, oh, yeah. Are you a father? Yes, I am. Okay, boy or girl? I have two boys and a girl. Okay. So this is a key question for you for your boys. Because I think in this society right now, we have to teach our boys different than our girls of the situation of going on the street. What do you tell your boys now? Yeah. They're going to they're gonna grow up to be black men on the street. And, you know, they, they're they seeing all these things on the news and, you know, a lot of youth are asking questions now like, oh, what does that mean? Like, why are they doing that? Like, it, it was a we seen it as adults, but it was oblivious for the kids. But now it's coming in the forefront. Yes. What, what uh, do you say a, to your oh, kids? Man. That's a that's a very, very, very important question and a tough question, too. Um you know, when this started, you know, you know, your kids is oblivious. Now my son is twelve. Yeah, he's literally. He used to say, "As I'll, I'll, I'll in the mornings, I'll have like a good ten minutes where I watch um, certain channels to see what's happening." Right? Okay. And he used to say, "Dad, why are you watching this?" Now he's actually telling me what's happening in the world. He has the stats. If I were to call him right now, mm-hmm. he can tell you the stats. Of what's happening and why am I saying this because it's affecting the kids so your question is what do I tell my kids it's not what I tell my kids is how you raise your kids in terms of energy and our energy is broad now so give me a few seconds so the energy is what you bring wherever you go energy means how you carry yourself what's your thinking process why am I saying this because for me as a dad and for us who are listening and you're growing young boys as a dad. 
when you out and about walking or driving and you see a cop or you get pulled over, what it is, what energy are you bringing to that cop? When, my, when I'm driving, oh, I literally, I purposely point out, hey, look at that policeman. You know, police are there to serve and protect. I'm not there to let them know what the bad police are doing. Mm-hmm. They already know that. They already see that. They right. know that there's bad and good. However, we as parents, when we're growing boys, or just kids rather, we have to be careful of what we're saying and doing with our kids. When I get pulled over, and I get pulled over all the time, a lot of times for no reason. And guess what? Um, my energy towards a cop really messed up that cop. Because I'm saying, good afternoon, good morning, how are you? Sure, here's my job. I'm not going to ask him why you pulled me over. I'm not going to say I'm not, I wasn't speeding. Mm-hmm. If he says, sir, you were speeding, and I know I wasn't, oh, I said, I'm, my bad, I'm sorry. Um, can you, and I literally did this. Can I see what you clocked me at? Because I remember me going 40. Can I take a look at your dashboard to see what you clocked me at? Because I, I just want to know. And um, sometimes they're like, no, I don't want to see. Okay, my bad. I'm sorry. Um, and I give him the driver license and the registration. And I say, I'll take the tickets. And that's it. And I just politely go to the court and just fight it. Right? Uh, as opposed to, I've been in cars where um, I'm in the passenger and somebody gets stopped. Same thing for no reason. And you start giving the cop attitude. Right? Not say... Um, they could pull you over for reason, for no reason. That's not saying that. I'm saying, I talk about energy, right? What energy are you bringing across when you get stopped or when you don't get stopped, with, especially when your kids are with you, right? And one, one I'm going to give you one example. A cop pulled me over for um, busted taillight, and he asked me to get out of the car. So I'm like, uh-oh, it's going to be very interesting. And when I went there, just me politely talking to him and he goes can you step out i'm like okay this is weird because you know politely answered you and he said you know why i asked you to get out of the car um i said why he said you know what you're very polite and i can tell um your kids seem like very polite but i can tell i look in the kid in the back and you see your kids they look uh a little bit afraid so i want i don't want him to kind of get nervous and me talking to you so i want to talk to you privately and I was like, wow. And he said, just so you know, I'm not going to give you a ticket or nothing. I just pull you over just because uh, you have a broken taillight. So why am I telling that story? Because um, my approach to him, if I were to give him attitude, obviously would have write me a ticket. Right. Or, or get out of the car or cuff me or search me or whatever. Right. But my energy towards him just threw him off. And when you're doing these things, you're lead by example when it comes to your kids. Your kids are seeing how you're reacting. My kids probably say, oh my gosh, why doesn't it get, like, I see different things in CNN and different things happening. Uh, why is this not happening to us, right? Mm-hmm. It might happen, but it hasn't happened yet. But I'm just speakly, speaking specifically on the energy that you bring towards just, especially when it comes to cops right. and injustice and anyone at all. So can you, let me, let me rephrase it then. Is that the, you know, when you're going for a job and let's be real here, you know, I mean, you're, you're Mm -hmm. going in as a dad, you know, first timer, you know, we are, we're nervous to go in. How do we put our best foot forward? What's, what's your, what's your take on putting your best foot forward on going in for, for stuff that we know is hard for us? Um, be yourself. 
right? Be yourself. And back to the same energy, right? When I walk into um, any jobs that I walk into, uh, anywhere I want to apply for anything, I want to, or whatever I want. Yeah. Um, I, I, before I go in, um, I regather myself, think to myself, and I say, okay, um, I'm going to be myself. I'm going to be the best self I can be in front of this person or this audience. And just be yourself and just stay positive. Hmm. Yeah, it's be more specific uh, if you want me to get into, you know, specifics. But that's why I carry myself into wherever I go. Just energy. That energy, um, you you never believe with or, or far this kind of energy brought me in, on every level. All right. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back... We do this thing what we call pick three. I want to pick your brain. You pick the questions. We're going to find out what is really going on and what you would decide and how you'd answer these questions. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Yes, we're back. Coming out to you. We're going to go straight into it. Here it is. We pick a number between 1 and 10. Pick three numbers. Two, six, seven. Two, six, seven. All right. So here's question number two. What is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Ooh, my biggest failure was my first relationship with, because uh, I have three kids. My mm. oldest son is 27. Okay. A relationship, obviously, and different from my wife now. So, um, what did you say, my biggest lesson? Yeah, what did you learn from it? Uh, well, to um, not to be so selfish, because when you're in a relationship, you're not the only one anymore, right? So, mm. you have to have, uh, and I was very young, right? When I had my son, I was 20. So I was very arrogant and, and selfish and things has to go my way because, uh, you know, you know, growing up on a farm, I thought I gone through everything and, and, you know, very egotistic and, you know, I know it all and, and all that stuff. So, um, you know, very hot-headed. So I learned to uh, compromise and, and understand the next person because I knew I was going to, I want to be in a relationship and I want kids. So, um, yeah, I, I learned a lot from that. Okay. Before I ask this next question, what is your profession right now? What do you do? Um, I mentor parents uh, how to raise successful kids without uh, getting frustrated. Okay. So here's the question. What is the one myth about your industry profession that you want to defunct? Uh, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, That all kids are different, and all parenting styles are different. So everybody have different parents. Uh, you, you use different strategies for different kids. That's a false right across the board. Reason why? Because 
um, I, there's two things that that's true: is all kids are different, and all parents have different parenting styles. However, um, we all must understand that every child has three things uh, in common. It doesn't matter where you're from; they're all growing. They all uh, have a sense of um, growing. Um, they have their own mind, and they are learning. Those are three things that all kids have, and uh, so this is the reason why um, you know the other things are you know easily debunked. Okay, okay. So here, let's flip the script. What is the one question you would have asked yourself if you're in my shoes, interviewing yourself? What would you? What was the one question you would have asked yourself? Oh, whew. <laughs> that's one question I would ask myself. Um... At Giant Eagle, my perks means earning perks and dollar rewards fast. Plus, big savings down every aisle with new lower prices on thousands of items. More perks, easy savings. Now that's rewarding. Where, where, where do I see myself in 10 years? And the answer is? Really? You should be answering that, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the question for yourself. Where would you see yourself um, in 10 years? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I thought I was going to ask you. I thought you were going to answer. Um, where I see myself in, in 10 years is living on a ranch. Okay. With my family. Um, traveling three times a year and experiencing the world. And, um, uh, and at the same time, um, you know, changing uh, families' lives uh, one family at a time because my, my, my mission is to um, change 10 million families' lives in terms of, um, you know, mentoring in terms of how to raise successful kids. Now, let me ask you this question. The ranch, is it, is that, is it because of that feel of getting back to the farm? Hey, you got it. <laughs> so tell me the top, tell me the three animals you're going to have on this ranch. Oh, man. My dog, he has to be a pit bull or Rottweiler, one of those guard dogs. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, horse. Uh-huh. Right? And obviously a few cats. All right. So dog, the dog, cat, and horse. All right. So <laughs> yes, yes. we will make sure we'll, when that farm happens, we'll, we'll go horseback riding, my friend. Oh, 100%. It's going to happen. 100%. <laughs> All right. Well, my brother. Call on me, brother, when you need a hand. We are Thank you oh, for being man, on the show. Stop it already. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being on the show, my friend. Thank you. Uh, you can lean on me anything you want, brother. <laughs> so before we let you go, this is your opportunity to shout out anybody you want to shout out. Go ahead. This is your opportunity. Shout them out. I want to shout out my beautiful wife, Lisa Levy. And uh, I want to shout out to CKC, CCPU, and CWS organization. All right. All right, my friend. You take care, and thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. appreciate it. Listen, another great guest, and this is how we do it. And think, think of the things that he's saying. You know what I mean? Like, think of the stuff that you've gone through in your life. And think of the positive. Because, you know, like he said, you know, growing up on the farm, you know, he thought, oh, man, I don't want to do it today. But then he realized that growing up on the farm, 
curved him to the man he is today. So think about what you have gone through. Take the lessons you've learned and keep moving on. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. As I always say, you didn't have to, but thank you. We'll see you next time. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.